We are devout Catholics, devout believers. I promise you, everyone that's listening or watching, that this is not a betrayal where we're trying to get you in the movie and then scare you and things running up a wall and head spinning. That is not this movie. This is a theological discourse on good versus evil. But you will see it's never boring and we would not betray our people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's that's not what the Lord calls us to do. He called us to make this movie. And I think that if you could go take a friend, take your family, whatever you can do, that would be most wonderful. Hey there, guys. For all of you looking to affect your older teens, your 20-somethings with the faith, you want to have a way to get them in the door unsuspectingly so, this is your weekend right here, right now, this weekend, this Divine Mercy Weekend. Isn't it funny that this is all coming together? Divine Mercy Weekend is right now. We are here on Wednesday. We were going to release this show actually tomorrow, but you know what? We're doing it today because we want to give you advance notice. Look, this weekend is the opening of a movie in the United States only for now. It's called Nefarious. This film is a Trojan horse. It is a thriller movie. It's billed as a thriller horror. And so it's an engaging film. It's the acting quality of Silence of the Lambs, and it exposes the whole woke agenda. In fact, this film is the most realistic portrayal of Satan that has ever been on film, period. It will rightfully alarm people. It will rightfully horrify people. But you'll get an opportunity to evangelize with this film like you never have before. I wouldn't go if I wasn't ready to answer a million questions from these 20-somethings, from these young people you bring, uh, because you're going to be showered with them. Plan the time. Go to the movie, and then plan the time for discussion afterward. Go out to a restaurant and be gabbing about this because it's going to be an unbelievable opportunity. The whole woke agenda is unpacked and exposed as satanic. I know that sounds too incredible to be true, but you know what? This is from the producers of Unplanned, of God's Not Dead, really good films. But even with those, you know, it was like Unplanned. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a movie about abortion and a woman, yeah. And or God's Not Dead, yeah, they're good films, but they're God films, and we're just not going. This one, oh, no, no, no. This is the Trojan horse. This is the film that will be attractive to everyone. It is so engaging. It's a movie movie. This is no... In fact, in a sane world, this would get all the Grammy Awards, not everything everywhere all at once. This is of a caliber and quality that you won't believe, and it is a golden key to evangelization. You know what's really weird? Do you remember how with The Passion of the Christ, you had all of this like satanic interference, you had Jim Caviezel stuck, struck by lightning, just all the craziest stuff? Wait till you hear from the producers themselves about all the insanity that just happened to them as they went to do this movie. This is a gift to you. These are the producer directors, Chuck Consulman and Carrie Solomon. These are incredible men of deep faith called to work on this project, as they say, by our Lord himself, because there's no way they could have come up with this themselves. When you see the power of this film, you'll understand why. It opens this weekend, so you've got to get there now. It's an evangelization opportunity.
you know what? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you to go to the theater, to buy the tickets for your children, for your friends of your children, whatnot, for your own friends, whoever. But it's totally worth it. And you'll see why. It opens this weekend. And this weekend is the time that all the theaters will decide whether they're going to keep it in theaters or not. So let's support this. This is an evangelization effort worth investing in. And I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. Stay tuned to this episode of The John Henry Weston Show, where the producers, directors will be right here. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to tell you about something in case you didn't already know it. LifeSite is in partnership with a group called St. Joseph's Partners because in today's day and age where things are getting more and more strange out there, we want to be sure that, you know, we have some reserves of gold and silver so that if debanking happens, which has happened before and, and seems to have gone on with the truckers and everything else, that we at least have some backup. Um, and so there's been a lot of investing in gold and silver. We wanted to find a company, though, that we could trust with our investments like that. And St. Joseph's Partners is such a company. Obviously, by their name, you know that they're Catholics, and we know that they're very, very faithful indeed. You can go check out the shows I did with Drew Mason, who is the founder of St. Joseph's Partners. But also, I wanted to tell you about a neat little project we did. And this is really for both support of LifeSite News, but also for gifts for those people who sort of have everything and you wonder what you can get for them. Well, we minted a coin, uh, a silver coin, and it's a one ounce silver round, they call it. It has uh, LifeSite on the front for our 25 year anniversary that we're celebrating, but also on the back, it commemorates the overturning of Roe v. Wade with the Dobbs decision. So it's a collector item coin and uh, encourage you to grab one for yourself, grab one as a gift for that person who seems to have everything else. They might like it very much. And uh, please support us at LifeSite News by getting our coin. Uh, we've just printed under 10,000 of them. So it's a collector item, a limited edition. God bless you and thank you. Carrie and Chuck, welcome to the program. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, John Henry. So let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, as I said in the intro, this is one of the most powerful films I've ever seen in my life. And it is a film that, in a way, is alarming because, like with The Passion of the Cross, as Jim Caviezel explained, you know, they were hit with lightning so many times and just all hell broke loose because they were demonstrating the truth of Jesus' own passion for us. You have exposed here Satan, like, honestly, has never been done before on screen. This is the real devil. I have so many questions for you. But if you can just start with, how in the world did you come to this? Because it's just, when everybody sees it, they're going to be blown away. Well, I think that we have to give the credit to God. Uh, everything we do, we ask the Lord what he wants us to do. You know, our tendency as uh, uh, guys is we'll go make a Western or a war, a war movie or something like that. Lord's left, like, that's nice. But left I, to our own devices, we would make movies about angry men with powerful handguns. And so, But, so, uh, the Lord. but the, <laughs> it makes perfect sense to us that the Lord would want this movie. And he kept pushing us because we were distracted with other projects. We were doing this. We were doing that. And he would constantly bring us back. And even in the writing and the directing and the producing of it, 
he was always there. He put us back on the road or protect us and guide us. So uh, we know it was a God thing. It's an anointed movie. It's a movie for the time when the devil is actually so confident of what he's doing that he's willing to pull the mask off just to gloat. And that's part of what the demonic character is doing in the movie. He's saying, basically, you're too stupid to even, you're so stupid. I'm doing this to your face and I'm even telling you about it and it won't change anything. So that's sort of the attitude of the adversary in the film. And it comes out in the most stunning way. Basically, you've exposed the whole satanic agenda. And as you say, he's probably in even not going totally crazy to allow this someone, or perhaps the direct act of our Lord to allow this. Um, he is able to gloat and saying, I'm already showing you what I'm doing. But tell me, I am looking forward to hearing from you guys some of the background, because I know with the passion how much they had to go through. Tell us what you've gone through in terms of what is what can only be described as satanic attack against the work that you've done with this film. Well, it's we could book. start with our first shooting attempt uh, the better part of two years ago and less than 10 days before we were to start filming. Of our 15 key personnel, nine went down with COVID-19. The original bad version, Carrie was in the hospital for eight days. So recovery and uh, planning again took a period of months we had built our key set, what we would call our hero set. Which you can't, we can't t tear it down because if we tore it down, we, we had a choice. We had to pay a ridiculous amount of money to keep it up. We paid $600,000 to keep it up because if we tore it down, we knew that would be the end. We'd never get back we, to it. But we had rented the floor of a 12,000 seat basketball arena. That's where we, that's where we built it. So we had to continue to rent that space for an additional five months then we came back and uh, we started filming again on day four. The most powerful film union, IATSE, struck us with no grievances, no strike vote, and tried to get the full weight of the United States federal government to shut us down with an injunction. Until but we prayed on it and the Lord said, stand firm, be courageous, go forward. And we actually broke, the Lord broke the strike. Uh, it was so immoral, threatening family. I'm telling you, out of control. Well, it's the mob. It was thuggery. A few, and, a few days later, our onset exorcism-trained priest had an emergency appendectomy in the middle of the night. Uh, his appendix actually burst during removal, and the surgeon told him that um, had he arrived an hour later, uh, he would not be alive. And that, that actually happened just a couple hours after. Ironically, he said he was staying with us. He said mass on a Sunday night uh, in our living room. And I didn't really, we were so tired, so exhausted, because you get that way. His sister-in-law was there, and she said, father's in pain. And I'm like, okay, I didn't even realize. I rushed him to the ER. She actually took control. We didn't realize how much he was suffering. We were just kind of blinded to it at, the, at that moment. Additionally to that, everything electronic, everything uh, lighting, flickering, going out, one of the amazing, I mean, it was, it's, it was scary when it happened, but comedic now, hard for people to believe this, is that uh, I had decorated the house we were in for Christmas. Oh. So my my boy, who's a younger boy, uh, was coming up for Christmas. So I put up Rudolph and, and Frosty and stuff that he would appeal to. But I also had the Virgin and we had the Nativity and Jesus and Joseph and all these things. It was beautifully done. Uh, and what happened was, and this is going to sound crazy, but you tell me if this is demonic. Down the chimney pushing open the glass doors, which were closed, were sealed. Uh, some animal, a squirrel, we presume, Presumably. because we checked the feces, uh, comes into the house, destroys, not gets up onto the ledge, 
knocks over the Jesus, the Mary, the Nativity, all the things of true faith. All the faith-themed Christmas ornaments. Doesn't touch Rudolph. Not one secular thing was destroyed. The only thing destroyed was all the holy items. And the priest stays with us. When you're shooting a movie, you uh, rent houses and and places because you're going to be there for three months. And he was staying with us and he was doing mass every day and confession and so on. We do that on every movie. Um, and the squirrel got onto the, the altar that we used. The table we were using is an altar and the altar cloth and everything. And urinated on the the top right corner and the bottom right corner, got onto the onto the um yeah. uh, the, uh, the, the the gold plate, I forget the name, but basically and desecrated on the plate. Defecated, yeah. Defecated on uh, de defecated on the plate, it desecrated it. Okay. Then you would figure, and there's food everywhere on a movie set, especially when you're at the house. You don't have time to cook and stuff. Nothing eaten. We searched the whole house. It went back up the 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 chimney. I mean, this is back this the, is crazy. And that, stuff. Was, that was the same day that we were filming. The lead actor was talking about basically the mechanics of diabolical possession and how the devil operates. We endured what we were told was the highest sustained winds in the state of Oklahoma's history. Now, this is Oklahoma, where, like the song says, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. The building, which was built as a basketball arena, so not as a soundstage, the HVAC on the roof and the girders were twisting or making tortured metal sounds that leaked through. It sounded like you're in the bowels of hell. The secular crew looked up and understood exactly what was going on. So we stopped shooting the scene. Everything stops. We start shooting the scene about the devil again. It all comes like, yeah, it's terrible. So fast forward through a year of post-production. In the last month, now it's close to a month ago now, or right at a month, we had torrential rains in California, admittedly, but ours was the only building that had the entire roof ripped off. And the only two things going on in there was our marketing effort and post-production for The Chosen. And so the devil didn't like this building. Uh, it happened naturally at about two or three in the morning, as best we can tell, on a weekend, on a Friday into a Saturday. So no one knew for about eight or ten hours the building was destroyed. We had we had, we had eight car crashes in the equivalent of 11 or 12 days on set. No one was hurt, but the cars were totaled. Every car, didn't, first day of shooting, our car suddenly, mysteriously, we're in the middle of nowhere, just stops. Had never broken down before. Steve Dace, two days ago, on the first day, he had this problem of shooting. And on the last day, he visited on the first day. And, and Steve Dace, who wrote the book Nefarious Plot, basically went into the, the hospital with a mysterious infection out of nowhere and almost died. Uh, it, it just, every day is like this. We even had demonic activity manifest itself at our premiere. Uh, in during the celebrity interviews in a, in a suite, uh, Father Carlos Martins, host of the Exorcist Files, was there at the podcast, and uh, he said, "Okay, I, I, they, they couldn't record anything. There were strange events." He uh, he performed an exorcism of place while he was doing it. He was on the fifth floor. He positioned himself with his back to the French doors, which opened out into a tiny balcony, and then the air. And he reported afterwards. He said, "I yes, I heard a female voice talking and chanting behind my right ear. There was no." space for human to being there because we're five floors up until he got to the point of the exorcism right uh and he does he does old school latin and he said he got to the point where uh he, the command is bow now before the great and terrible name of jesus and there was no and by the way uh, the lights were flickering the sound mixer died the, the the discs were all corrupted everything so we knew we we have a problem in every place and as far as the movie goes as well uh, we chose a day that was no one was on the day. For our release, it was wide open. Which is this Friday. 
And suddenly six movies out of nowhere, including Pope's Exorcist, drop on us. And all the theatrical chains said, this has never happened in the history of The Pope's of Exorcist moved to, jo- to drop on our day. Because that lessened our screens. It drove our screens down. And then the following week, five more. So we have 18 other movies against that us will be in release. This, this Friday. And so even with that, we still ended up with 920, uh, 966, 67 screens, something like that. But uh, it's been nonstop. It's been a bit of a struggle. And this is just tip of the iceberg. (laughs) This is the film that people have to see generally. But call me weird, but I honestly believe this is for your late teens, 20-somethings. We need to ground them into the reality of Satan and who and what he's all about. And this film does that like nothing else. So I don't know how you wrote it and got it, but the whole agenda is exposed, right? From walk through the whole woke agenda and even of the crisis in the clergy. I mean, it's just incredible. Now, we don't want to give away too much, but my recommendation is that folks need to if they can, rent out a whole theater. Parishes should rent out whole theaters. Get the very best spokesman on the faith, the one who can answer all the tough questions for your young people, and go to that theater and rent it, not just for the time of the playing of the movie, but a little bit longer, so that you can show it and then have a Q&A right there. Because you're going to have the most questions in your entire life from the young people, the 20-somethings who see that film, because it opens up literally the whole agenda that we're dealing with every single day right now. And it makes plain the agenda of Satan and what he thinks of the reality that we're playing with. And the devil, being who he is, knows the truth. So it's stunning from that perspective. I think that when we did it, you know, a lot of people get stuck on the poster and they say, oh, I don't go to those movies. Well, we don't go to those kinds of movies. The poster is a Trojan horse designed to lure in exactly that crowd. Because we know they're going to come because of that poster. The horror crowd that wants to come in and wants to be, wants to, for lack of a better term, be titillated by the occult. Well, we've harnessed that. And ironically, horror fans will actually have a pretty intense experience but it won't be the experience that they expected. It's not spectacle. It's not people walking up the side of the walls. It's a real exorcism and a real ex- a real exorcism. It's it's evil. You see evil. And the thing is, you know, when you look at it, we also got an R rating, which was a political R, same way when we got the R rating on Unplanned. This is a political R because of the breaking of a finger. That's what they gave it for us. There are things on Disney cartoons today that are worse than that movie as far as the rating of R. But the reason they gave us an R is because they know Christians, for the most part, will not go to our movies. What we say to people is this. Look, you're watching the devil. There's no bad language. There's no sex. There's no demonics or satanics in here. This is the real deal. And I think that uh, I agree with you 1,000%. I think every man, woman, and child, honestly, and not because we made the movie, needs to see this movie because it is a sobering reminder that there's good and evil, God and the devil, and that this battle is going on every moment of every day, 24 hours a day. The devil does not sleep. And I think it's a sobering reality when you watch it and you say, I got to rethink this. I got to rethink my everything I know. 
And, and so it's very powerful in that way. And we were surprised when we when we were done and we started showing this to some uh, pastors who were not not Catholic and the rest of the Christian world. We had figured that because we're steeped pretty deeply in Catholicism, we were wondering, or at least I was, what the reception would be and whether this would, you know, not conform with their concept of how this stuff works. And they're completely in line with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just they they observe exactly the same things and they understand things pretty much exactly the same way. They go about treating it a little differently, but they understand the problem in exactly the same way. And, and the reactions have been awful. We have not gotten one bad statement on this movie. It's unbelievable. That's a, yeah, which is I mean, we did Unplanned. We did God's Not Dead. We did some stuff. I mean, and you always get people that say, no, I didn't like it. This movie, people are talking about it a week and two weeks later, and it's a Catholic movie. It's as Catholic as you can be. And here's the irony. When we've shown it to secular crowds, they not only love it, and not only are they profoundly affected, they don't even realize that it's a, it's a they Catholic movie. They don't realize it's a faith-driven that's movie. That's faith-driven. They don't get it. Because they're so far gone, they're so lost that they don't even understand what they're hearing. But it's affecting them deeply, and they're turning to uh, – it's pretty amazing what I the Lord has done. Ironically, I think there is more direct quotations or riffs on quotations from Scripture in this film than anything we've ever done, including God's Not Dead. But because of the way the narrative unfolds, they just – they kind of miss it. It's like God smuggling. You know, it's there. Yeah. It's just not as obvious, <laughs> right? It's the caramel in the Snickers bar. Right. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. It is the most horrific film I've ever seen at the same time. So for all those looking for a horror film, uh, it's there. It's there in spades. Because you're watching what the devil's really like. It is horrific. So you're not going to quote-unquote disappoint on that score either. But it's funny, you know, when you say about the secular folks who come, they're just the regular moviegoers, nothing to do with faith whatsoever, I wonder if they don't recognize it. I wonder if deep in the soul, they know this to be true. And so it resonates as truth nonetheless, because at some deep level, we still know the truth. We deny it on the surface, uh, even to ourselves, so we can act out the woke agenda and be popular, whatever. But somewhere deep down, they know it's true. So this would resonate with that truth in the spirit, whereby they wouldn't recognize it as something off-kilter or whatever. You have this gem of a film. It's opening in, you said, over 900 screens right now. Yeah. How can people do more to get this out more? Because we're going to need a movement like there was for The Passion of the Christ to get this out. It is so powerful. It is such a work of the Lord coming in, as you said, as a Trojan horse in, in a most brilliant way. But how do we help to get this out? Because as soon as people see this, anybody who does see it, they're going to recognize the power of it. And uh, Satan obviously has, at least initially. So what do good folks do to help spread this? This business, as far as the theaters are concerned, is all about opening weekend. And the first. And so 
if they really are looking to support, we will be in a battle again next Monday. They will be looking at the per screen averages over the weekend and seeing if we're going to be carried over. Uh, the adversary's plan at this point is to snuff us out in one weekend. Uh, we get He can't stop us from playing this weekend, but he'll do everything he can to keep those yields down so that they make a commercial decision to send us to Siberia after Monday. So I'd say if at all possible, if they can make some time, even if, even if it's an inconvenient, somewhat inconvenient showtime, if they can go catch the film. I will say also, too, this is the film in a lot of ways that many Christians have been asking for us for for the last 10 years. They've always asked us, look, they say, I can't get a friend. I can't get the family member who's fallen away from the faith to go see a movie called God's Not Dead. They're not going to do it. They won't get preached to. But this is the film they can go to, and it won't answer the question, but it's going to open up the question in their mind. What's happened, what we've noticed consistently, particularly for believers, for deep believers, they're reminded of the devil, and it functions as scared straight for Christians. Uh, and believers. For those who are not believers, it's the first domino in a process that C.S. Lewis described somewhere. We said, basically, once you come to realize there are demons, you realize that there are angels that didn't fall as well. Once you realize that there are angels on both sides, you realize they had a creator. Once you realize they had a creator, you realize he has to be good and benevolent, or the bad ones would have taken control and been in charge a long time ago. And just that acceptance of that there is a supernatural reality of demons, that there is the battle of Ephesians 6, even though they won't be thinking of it that way. If you admit the existence of demons and you're thinking, you're a logical person, you're going to realize at some point there is a God, and you're going to start thinking about what what that relationship between you and him has to be. I would also say, obviously, prayer. You know, we need prayer, we need protection, because, you know, the theaters, uh, they can have problems that we're going to ask Father Colas Martins to actually exercise every theater in the United States to do a prayer on that. But I would also say this to your viewers that if, you, you know, the Bible says very specifically, look at a man's, the fruit of the tree. If the fruit is good, it's good. If it's bad, it, the person is bad. If you look at the fruit of what we've done, we did Unplanned, we did God's Not Dead, we did a lot of movies like that. We do this. This is what we are devout Catholics, devout believers. I promise you, everyone that's listening or watching, we promise you that this is not a betrayal where we're trying to get you in the movie and then scare you and 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 uh, you know things running up a wall and head spinning. That is not this movie. This is a theological discourse on good versus evil, and you will see the power of it. The horror of it is two men over a table talking. But you will see it's never boring, and we would not betray our people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's that's not what the Lord calls us to do. He called us to make this movie, and I think that if you could go take a friend, take your family, whatever you can do, that would be most wonderful. So you mentioned C.S. Lewis. This is like a very grown-up version of Screwtape Letters, done in such an incredibly engaging way. Like, okay, so this is really weird. Most of the movie happens over a table, and that's it. But it's the most riveting thing you'll ever see. So you, and the, I love the description of this, the movie we've been waiting for to take our friends to, our neighbors to. So this is, for all the Catholics out there, for all the Christians out there, this is your secret weapon evangelization movie. They will never come, as you said, they won't come to God's Not Dead. They're not going to come to Miracle This and That. They're not going to come to a horror film. They'll come, especially if they're into the genre, they're going to come. But this one is sort of like horror thriller. It's the one that everybody's engaged in. It is like the actor deserves, he's like Silence of the Lambs. He makes that look bland. 
Uh, this is unreal. So this is your opportunity. If you ever wanted to grab that, you know, young person who's like, nah, I don't like that. I'm not going to do anything religious. No, no, this is, this is the thing that will shake him out of his tree of indifference. This is the thing to bring your, uh, you know, you've got a son or daughter who's dating someone who's like, no, I wish they wouldn't, but uh, maybe we can work on him or her, or whoever it is, bring them to this film. It is, it is a very, very powerful tool for evangelization. Be ready for your questions. So St. Peter says in his epistle, you know, be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. Brush up because you're going to get questions after this one from your kids, your adult children, from your teens. This is stunning in an opportunity like none before. And if you don't feel, you know, uh, the, the strength to be able to give those answers, bring someone who you know who will, because on the way home or after, as you go to the restaurant, um, those questions are coming. Get ready for it, because this is the opportunity you have. I, I love that you guys have created a Trojan horse evangelization tool like none other in this time when we need it the most. One of the Lord's gifts to us, we have a friend in the business, and he was at our premiere. And on the way home, uh, we made sure that he was riding with a priest, and he gave a a bless me, Father, for I've seen it's been more than 20 years since my last confession moment. And yeah. that was the film moved him enough. And, uh, and it's going to move a lot of people, I think. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. We had people crying when they come out of the theater in a good way. Yeah. And it, it, the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God is on the movie. And so, therefore, I think he wants to save every single man, woman, and child. And we live in dark times. I mean, I defy anyone to say when they walk out their front door that there's not something wrong. Okay, there is something terribly wrong. And the devil the devil knows his time is short. And the Lord is saying with this movie, pay attention. Look, look at this. Research this. Come understand what's going on. You're being manipulated. And, uh, and, and we, we're very proud that we were called to do it. And, uh, and to do the work for him. So let's get down to some brass tacks for people who want to support this. Opening weekend is start, is, they count Friday, is that right? They're right. Yeah, there are, some, there are some previews even Thursday night in some places. Okay, so if you've got it at your theater, even starting Thursday night, that counts toward opening weekend. Oh, yes, okay. yes. If they find one and they'd like to go Thursday night, if there's one near them and they go, yes, that counts for opening weekend. Okay. And so only 900 screens. So find it, get to it when you can. But we've got to work on this as an ongoing project. But the first point is right now to get there, to request from other theaters that aren't airing it. Hey, where is it? We would like to see this. Um, and then how do we take it forward from there? We will know by this coming Monday, this weekend, exactly how long we'll be in the movie theaters. Because if everybody turns out, They'll keep it for a longer time, which yeah. would be good, obviously. Yeah. Uh, if they, if you know, if no one shows up, then obviously we'll be out of the movies and we'll have to move to streaming and uh, you know TV and you know, all of that, you know, cell phones and stuff like that. But one way or the other, the Lord is going to get His message out. Uh, and I just, we just ask everyone to try to go to the theater this weekend and to request the movie if it's not in your area. And if you have to drive, I know, I understand it's a schlep, but the bottom line is that. The first weekend is all that matters. And if you want good Catholic content in the movie theaters, I don't know what to say. I mean, this costs money and the theaters need to make money. That's why they show it. They're in the business of selling uh, Coca-Cola and popcorn. And, and they're going to put the movies in that do that. Right. Especially for those in Canada. We've been barred from Canada thus far. All the major distributors 
don't want to touch us. We're radioactive. We had the same problem with unplanned. We eventually overcame it. But uh, if you, particularly if you're in Canada, go uh, speak with or call your local theater manager, whatever the local theater is, and ask to see the film. We, uh, I will say to the people of Canada, we will get in to Canada. Okay, <laughs> it's a, we'll come under the door, around the door, over the door, or through the door. But we, you will get to see this movie, and hopefully with a life site news and John Henry and and everybody, uh, they'll guide the way for us and. Uh, we're very we we will get there. Yeah. Carrie, Chuck, I can't thank you enough for doing this great work, a work of evangelization that is so powerful but so needed in this day when Satan truly seems to be ruling the earth completely. Exposing his agenda is a dangerous thing. You guys have taken on that challenge. You know, honestly, on behalf of Catholics everywhere, Christians everywhere. Thank you for taking up this challenge. Thank you for staying faithful to him, despite all the challenges that have been thrown in your way. John Henry, please keep us in your prayers. And uh, please, if your viewing audience can keep us in your prayers, and also if there are any priests listening, if you would offer a Mass for us for, for just our protection, that would be most appreciated. We, th we thank the Lord. We yeah. thank the Lord for choosing simple men to do his work. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. You as well, and many of your listeners are some of those laborers, and we love what you do, obviously, and, and we're humbled, humbled. And so, yes, prayers, masses, anything you can do, and, and we appreciate all of you, and thank you, and God bless. Folks, this is your opportunity for evangelization. This is going to be an investment. It's going to cost. It's worth it. It's worth it. You will, at the end of this film that just by you, and take your family, your spouses, friends, your children's friends, make that investment. This is like a donation to the church, if you will, to the faith, where it's an investment for you because it will have dividends which you can't even imagine right now. And we don't normally do this, but if you guys could with me, we'll just say the St. Michael prayer because this is the subject we're dealing with. Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in the day of battle, and be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, John Henry. Thank you. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.